if you need to get consent from an individual to use their location information, but you don't collect it, like I said, in a one-on-one -on -one transaction, like through a website, how do you get that consent? If they have a right to ask you to delete that information, how do you, how do they do that? How do you even know that you have it? Because that's one of the things you're supposed to do is you're supposed to make sure that you identify all the data that you have about an individual, for instance, in GDPR. So an individual has a right to say, what information do you have about them? My guest today is Kevin Pomfret. He's a space and spatial corporate and transactional attorney at Williams Mullen. And he's basically the person whose name keeps popping up a lot when you start looking around for topics around law and geospatial and just spatial computing. So I wanted to talk to Kevin to know a little bit more about his experience and his knowledge around law, specifically in geospatial. And also because I know he's been quite critical about how some of the geospatial community has mostly focused around ethical problems, sometimes at the detriment of considering the law aspect. Especially for someone that's pretty technical like myself. I don't really understand much about law and problems like that. I know they're important, but I don't understand and I don't comprehend even where to start. So I wanted to talk to someone like Kevin, whose job it is and who has a lot of experience and is recognized for it. And try to understand a little bit where he's coming from and how that can apply to some things I do. Before that, I'd like to thank today's sponsor, which is, again, Element 84. They've been sponsoring the show, and I'm really thankful for it. Element 84 is a geospatial software engineering company, and they work mostly with large-scale impact projects. So I think one of the best examples of that is how they've taken the Sentinel-2 optical imagery, and they've worked to put it on AWS, Amazon Web Services, to make it a lot easier to access. I've had Dan Pillon, their CEO and co-founder, on the podcast at episode 16, so you can head there, I'll put that in the show notes or description, to listen to more about how they're thinking about the company. With all of that said, here's my conversation with Kevin Pomfret. Kevin, thank you very much for, for coming on the podcast. I like starting these conversations the, the same way every single time. I like asking people how they would describe themselves. Uh, so I'm quite curious, how would you describe yourself? Well, I'd like to think of myself as a, um, as you may remember, I I, I was uh, recently um, awarded by Geospatial World as the ambassador of the year for, for Geospatial, which is, you know, quite an honor and something I was proud of. And I, you know, I, I don't, I don't pretend that I'm an ambassador in any way, but I, I do believe that I am, from a geospatial standpoint, someone who is trying to further the development of the technology um, and the applications associated with that, and in particular focusing on the legal and policy issues that I believe impact the collection, use, um, sharing of geospatial information. And so there's an education component, there's a counseling, legal component. There's a, a several different aspects of it. There's, there's a, you know, policy component and an advocacy component. So, uh, that's kind of my, how I see my career at this point. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's as, as good as any. First of all, like, congrats on that. That is in, in, indeed quite the feat. Um, and so why, if, if, if you've been, um, you know, nominated as, as the ambassador for geospatial and, and you want to advocate it, why do that through through law? Like we hear a lot about technology and, and tech and people in tech advancing the, the technology, the tools that we have or the data collection, but you're, you've been working on, on the law side and ethics side for, for quite some while. And, and 
why why do you believe that's one of the aspects or at least why have you decided to to focus on that aspect so i started out as a satellite imagery analyst with the uif's government and uh that's where i sort of was first exposed to the technology it, it was mostly satellite remote sensing there was some other other type of technologies associated with it as well that was my exposure um i was a soviet analyst i worked on arms control issues i helped develop collection strategy to monitor arms control treaties. I worked on future systems. So I had a pretty broad-based, um, you know, experience early on in my career when I was in my 20s around the technology. I went to law school um, after that, and I didn't intend to focus on, on geospatial or remote sensing or space at all. I was just trying to become a good corporate lawyer and, and to, you know, to sort of do that. But about that time, there was a lot of developments within, um, you know, the satellite world, the geospatial world. Um, and so I could see all these opportunities, right, in terms of what the technology could do, because I had seen those back when I was working. It was in the classified world. So a lot of the technologies were even better back then. No, were better then that were coming out. Now, now they're, you know, the technologies are fantastic. Um, but there was a, you know, I, I also saw through my court, my legal background and training and things in different industries were struggling with legal issues. And I just felt that the geospatial community was going to be facing those. And I had the, the degree, I had the background that dovetailed nicely. So um, over the course of my career, that's kind of how I've evolved in, into that. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people a lot smarter than me about the technology. There's a lot of people a lot smarter than me about the business and operational. But so I just felt my value was around the, the legal, regulatory, policy, ethical issues. And then what that wasn't really being discussed a lot back then. Is it so sorry, when when are we talking about just to, to try to put things on a on a time frame? So I worked for the government till ninety one, went to law school from ninety one to ninety four. Um this was probably the mid to late nineties. Um, okay. And then it started to pick up in the early early two thousand um, is when I really started to, to focus on that. Early two thousands is when you start uh, approaching things through, through the, the the law lens. Yeah, I, I started approaching applying what I was doing and learning from a law standpoint to what was happening in the geospatial field. I imagine like the, the geospatial field was, was quite different back then. Um, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about things like location data, things like that. People weren't carrying GPS uh, in their pockets in, in the early 2000s quite yet. So we'll, we'll get to that in, in a little bit. But can you explain, uh, can you help me understand what the scene was like in the early 2000s? What was the things that were talked about around geospatial law back then? A lot of the same issues. <laughs> okay. I mean, seriously, right? It's a okay. lot of the like, like people were people were concerned when GOI and space imaging and and what is now Maxar were flying satellites and collecting um, data, and the resolution wasn't anywhere near as where it is now. But people were talking about privacy concerns, national security concerns. There were issues around the government buying the data, the procurement rules associated with it. Um, there was export issues back then that were a significant issue. Um, intellectual property licensing issues were, were starting to develop then as well. What could you do with it? How did it fit into the business model? So a lot of the issues were the, were the same. Now, they weren't as, um, um, they weren't as pressing as they are now, right? They weren't because, because the, 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 the community wasn't as big. The technology wasn't as prevalent. 
um, but they were still they were still there, and and that's kind of those were the things that I was seeing back then. And and who are we talking about that? You're saying people were concerned about um, the privacy, what can do happen with the imagery. Can you help me understand, like, who are we talking about here? Who is who are the people who are, are raising these concerns? Is it the, the general public? Uh, is it people in, in certain companies and certain governments? Well, certainly the media was okay. reporting it, as they do now. Anytime there's a new technology, there's there are people who are then saying, wow, what's going to happen? I can, you know, you can look in my window. Can you track me? Um, so there was that. Um, there was the the national security concern. So there was the military defense intelligence communities were concerned about foreign governments being able and terrorists being able to get this new type of imagery that before had only been limited to a few um, governments. Um, so there was this aspect about what they can do. And there was a bunch of studies that were done, Congress and, and Defense Department. And there was a lot of work associated with that. Um, the space, the, the export control issues were part of that. You know, we had some of the same challenge, uh, in here in the U.S., some of the same folks that we were concerned about back then. And now we've got some new ones that we're concerned about. So there are issues around, you know, what where we were launching and who was having technology, you know, where, what technology was being exposed. Um, so uh, it was, it was all, again, a lot of the same actors as we're seeing now. Um, a lot of it was more hypothetical. Some of it was um, maybe over overdone, or definitely was overdone. But it was it was the same same type of type of thing. And and so like one of the interesting things is you, you mentioned imagery as well as 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 being one of those. I think like we we hear a lot about the uh, the location aspect today, but I, I I hear a little bit about the imagery being brought up, but I I I have the sense that it's not talked as much um and maybe this is my own bias of, of, of what i hear i'd be i'd be curious to hear your point of view about like imagery being a, a problem on the on the legal aspect do, do you do you have the sense or am i just seeing things through my own little bubble you're talking about satellite imagery or like satellite imagery compared to like ground sensors like like probably we're going to talk about phones a lot and things like that but but imagery that's acquired by a company uh, so all the earth observation uh category well from a privacy standpoint it certainly hasn't been getting the attention in many in many um parts of the world as some of the other types of of data that's being that that, that we're going to talk about i you know i i assume in terms of you know re remote satellite remote sensing data is not in the same category right now as data that you collect more your mobile phones collect right we're not we're not we're not there yet now um there are some um there are some state laws and the the definition of location privacy is is evolving from a legal standpoint and one of the things that i you know i talk about um is the challenge associated with our in an effort to collect to to protect against geolocation data that's collected from the phone are they are lawmakers and regulators going to define it in such a way that arguably satellite technology could be captured in it right because this is a very this is a very precise industry and and satellite imagery isn't just the resolution right there's a, there's a time stamp and there's a lat long associated with it and it doesn't take much to be able to if you were wanted to be able to at, at the higher resolutions to maybe be able to identify who an in person is or who a group of people are we're certainly seeing that in the in the manned 
aircraft and even in the drone aspect, right? And so if you think about it in terms of um, instead of plat you know, platforms, then you have one aspect of it. If you start thinking about it in terms of data, I do worry that the data is going to be caught up in these definitions without further understanding of the nuances and the difference about how they're collected and how they're used. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect I think is of concern if I was in the satellite space is um, the types of data that's being collected, right? As we move from EO to IR to hyperspectral to radar, these are, these are other challenges that really no one, that the privacy community at some point is going to start paying attention to because the media will start paying attention to it, right? They'll start talking about what you can do with this resolution. And then some lawmakers are going to want to say, let's, let's put something, let's put the bill in here to protect against this or protect against that. And part of that is simply because privacy, much like the geospatial thing, privacy law in the U.S. and in many parts of the world is still evolving. So there's this constant, you know, back and forth that's taking place. And I do worry that, yes, the, even the satellite folks will be captured in some of that, even if they're not. Um, and I, this is me wearing my legal hat, right? I, it's, it's a real challenge if, you, if you're a lawyer who's a customer of a company to be able to understand what they can and can't do because the law is unclear. And, and so they're trying to figure out how does CCPA apply to this? What am I going to do with it? And so it just adds to the murkiness of the confusion. And, and that's... You mentioned CCPA. What is that? Yeah. So the, Calif the California Consumer Privacy Act. Um, and you've got Virginia has one now. It comes into effect in 2023. You've got the European equivalent of that, which is really the first one to come along. So that's the GDPR, if I understand. GDPR, correct. Yes. And so I spend a lot of my time just working on, on the legal side, working with clients, trying to figure out what they can and can't do, what data they're collecting, how they're going to use it, where they're going to store it, if there's a breach, who there's needs to tell. Right now, the data that you know, a lot of geospatial data is not subject to that. But as the law evolves, it could be captured in it, and that would be that the the industry does not want that. Do, do I understand correctly? I, I, I'm I, I'm not very versed with this uh, legal aspect, so I'm, I'm I'm trying to understand. Like, are you saying that right now a lot of the laws and the regulations that we're creating are around um, location data, like through phones, things like that, and we don't really know how to apply that to, to satellite imagery. And so we might end up in a situation where some of the laws that were done for, for one specific uh, data start getting applied on, or, or not on satellite imagery in a way that we didn't intend before. Is that like one of the things that you're concerned about? Yeah, one of my, exactly. My concern is that lawmakers, policymakers, regulators don't understand the nuances of location data. All the different ways it can be collected, all the different ways it can be used. Um, they're not technical folks. They may have some technical folks in there, but they're not, they don't understand this as well as this community does. And there's also a, a standard approach that the privacy community and, and lawmakers take in terms of a, it's something called the fair information uh, principles about how you develop privacy laws and what you require notice and consent and various rights that are really difficult in a location context because of um, the different ways the location is collected, because you don't have that one-on-one -on -one, um, experience. So I, I, I often talk about, you know, health information is very, very sensitive, right? Like uh, the medical information, very, very sensitive. 
but we don't share that every, with everyone around the world, right? We're not, that's not being collected on us on a regular basis. Um, so you, it's a one-on-one -on -one with your doctor or your hospital or a, a finite number of people. But we do, our location information is collected in a lot of different ways and from a different application and used by different people, some for good, some for bad. But trying to apply something that was developed around health information to location information, which is frankly a bill that uh, there's a bill in the U.S. Congress right now that would do that, raises a lot of issues, an awful lot of issues for this community, depending on how you define location information or depending on how people in their everyday work think about it. Can, can, could you help me understand a little bit, like what are some of the issues that we're talking? Like, do you maybe have any examples or things to, 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 to help myself and, and probably some of the listeners understand as well? Because this, um, especially myself, I'm quite technical. So things, uh, I, I try to see things through, through a technical lens, but I, I'm having a hard time sometimes understanding like what is the nature of the issues that, that we're talking about? Is it like some applications that just legally are not allowed to, to continue, for example, or, or are we talking about something completely different? I think there is, there is a, there is a possibility of that. So it, it, but I think it's a small, again, I mean, it depends on the, the geospatial community and location data is so broad that there probably will be certain things that there will, that will be difficult to do, if not illegal in certain countries or in certain, certain regions because of concerns around location privacy. Um, the broader risk that I see is um, one, if you've got, if you need to get consent from an individual to use their location information, but you don't collect it, like I said, in a in a one on one transaction, like through a website, or through a or through a um, you know a relationship with your doctor. If you're just collecting location information, how do you get that consent? How do they how do they if they have a right to ask you to to delete that information? How do you, how do they do that? How do you even know that you have it? Because that's one of the things you're supposed to do is you're supposed to make sure that you identify all the data that you have about an individual, for instance, in GDPR. So if, depending on how you define it in GDPR, an individual has a right to say, what information do you have about them? So if I understand correctly, are we in the example of satellite imagery where you take an image, people don't know satellites, you know, where they are, everything, but you could derive that, oh, this car is parked in this um, driveway, for example, and this car seems to be there every day. This day it's not there. So I don't know where the person is, but I know they're not there. That's that's sort of location data, but you only know that because it's derived. It's not directly there. It, it, is this the type of things that we're talking about? Yes. And and so, so then... If you're a provider, but you don't do that, like that's not the work that you're doing, but you're giving, you're licensing the data to someone else to do it. And they, and, and, and the person says, well, you know, did you get consent to do this? Well, well, no, you didn't. Right. And so, and again, it's not, it's not necessarily high resolution data. It isn't even necessarily electro-optical data, right? It could be other types of data. And I don't, I don't want it, to, it's this fine line, you know, because I, I, I was accused uh, last week of being part of the legal guild when it came to when it comes to privacy, which just to me has a really negative connotation to it. Um, and I think that was the intent, which is which is fine. I, I'm just I'm just explaining what I see every day in the work that I do and the and the challenge, and based on my understanding and background of geospatial technology and applications. 
And I just wonder, is there going to be an alignment so that we can continue? We being, you know, you folks can continue to do the good work that you're that you're doing without hiring lawyers every day to figure out what you can and can't do or what information security requirements or what laws you need to comply with. And that's that's what I I see happening and I see the pace pick, picking up, at least here in the United States and those parts of the world that I'm, you know, I follow and I am able to follow. Yeah, and, and I appreciate you taking the time to, to come on the podcast and, and talk about these things because, I mean, again, I, I don't want to talk for, for anybody, but for me, at least, I know sometimes it's a little bit tricky to understand what are we even talking about? What does something like GDPR actually mean? You know, apart from I have to accept every goddamn cookie on the internet now, like, what does it really mean? And and so I, I really do appreciate you coming in and, and, and spending some time to try to, to, to distill that. Because um, it's, fr- it's fr- frankly, it's really tricky as well. And, and I that's why I was interested in, in talking with you is, is trying to see if we can break that down a little bit and, and make it uh, affordable, uh, approachable, sorry, not affordable as to like, what is there anything that needs to happen? Like, cause, cause we're talking about like, this sounds like it could be a legal nightmare in, you know, 10 years down the line where every project is dead before it even starts because of these problems about like, Oh, you have imagery and you can derive all of these things when, you know, all you're doing is looking at, at field agriculture, for example. So what are you, what is, what is going on at the moment? Like, is there a, any attempt at, at trying to, to, to navigate through that, to, to be able to continue to have an earth observation industry while still going, uh, like protecting people's privacy, but, but not going one way or, or, or the other, like what, what is going on at the moment to try to f- solve this problem in, in a way? First, I don't, I don't want to say that there's, it's the, the privacy is going to do with the for, do away with the earth observation right. industry. That, that's that's not that's that's not going to happen. Okay. Right? I'm not I'm not you know sounding the alarm that if you don't do something quick, we're not going to be able to have satellites in in space collecting earth observation. I think sometimes when I talk about this, I, I that's how people right. take it. They think I'm trying and 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 so I've got I try to balance this sense of yeah, so you need to do something with no, the sky's not falling right. So there, there's that aspect to it. Um, I don't see much going on, okay. frankly, within the geospatial community in terms of what I would say. So uh, what I would see that needs to be done. And and the reason is because I don't think the solution to this issue is going to be a technology solution. I don't think it's going to be a policy solution or a legal solution. I don't think it's going to be an operational solution. I think it's going to be a combination of, of all three. Right. And I have a I have a a lawyer friend Pete Shriver who who sort of talks about that you know the the three legs of this stool, and I do think particularly around location privacy because of the complexities, it's going to take all three to come together and figure out how to balance the risk and reward right and how to make sure that we can use it for use the technology for climate change and insurance and wildfires and all these other things, defense, intelligence, you know, just all the things that it can do, but also protect against privacy in a way. And what are those issues? And I believe that the geospatial community is um, best situated to weigh those risks, identify what the risks are, identify what the, the, the benefits are, figure out technical and operational ways to address the concerns that are, that will become raised if they're not a raised now. Right. I think it's that, that community. Now, having said that, 
I recognize that for a lot of companies in this space, I was at, um, I was at a, a satellite company early days in the earth observation industry. And, and this is, this is a side issue, but I'll explain. I hopefully it'll understand, it'll articulate. I understand the challenge in the case. So a, um, the CEO at the time asked me to, um, look at this legal issue, totally unrelated to geospatial, right? And there was a host of questions and concerns I had about what he wanted to do. But then I remembered that he has to build a satellite, ship it overseas, have it launch successfully, and then operate on a business plan that had never been done before. So unless my issues are going to put him in jail, he didn't care, right? I mean, he had other, he had other things to deal with. And I think we're still in some ways for a lot of businesses in this community, they're still in that early stage phase, right? I mean, they've got to, they've got to build out their team. They've got to build out the technology. They've got to prove the, the case. And so I get all that. Um, but I also, you know, see what I'm seeing every day around the legal issues. So I think that, you know, there are forums, there are organizations that could bring people together to at least talk about some of these issues in a way that moves things forward. Um, and what you and I got, you know, what got introduced to us was, you know, comparing the legal with the yeah. ethical issues. And, and I see a lot of this community talking about the ethical issues around location privacy. And I, and, and that's essentially talking amongst themselves, right? It's the geospatial community coming together to talk among themselves instead of engaging with the lawmakers and regulators to figure out how to deal with what I see, you know, educate them, understand what they're doing, how that's going to impact and, and push back and discuss. I don't see a lot of that in the broader geospatial community. There are some companies obviously who are doing, you know, some location advertising and other, other segments of the industry who are much more interested in that right now, but I don't see the geospatial community as a whole doing that. And maybe, and that's, you know, that's, that maybe that's fine. You know, I mean, it'll, it'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but that's, that's what I'm, the answer to your question with respect to what I'm, what I'm saying. So, so let's go on that ethical and, and, and legal aspect. Like that, that is one of the ways I, I, I got familiar with your work is when we started talking, um, I understood you were quite critical of things like the Locust Charter, for example, which is this ethical charter that's um, trying to, yeah, basically promote ethical use of, of location data. And, and I'd like to understand, you, you mentioned for you, it's a lot of people talking amongst themselves in the in the community. Can you maybe expand a little bit on on some of the criticisms that you have around that, and and why that wouldn't be enough in 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 your point of view? If I uh, sum that up correctly, of course. So, and again, this goes to what I, you know. Part of maybe it's me, right? But I I don't have a problem with geospatial ethics in general. I, I teach it at, at Johns Hopkins. I I I. I, I I, I see, I, I think there are some real challenges to it because of the international nature of this community. I don't know how you apply the same set of ethics to a engineer at Google, to a um, GIS person working in Sri Lanka for the government, and to a someone who's working in an NGO in another country, right? I mean, how do the same set of principles apply to that? And, and one of the challenges I, I in my class is I give students four hypotheticals um, ethic, with ethical questions associated with it. And I asked them each to choose two that they think that they're, um, they say, yes, this, this was done ethically. And then two to say no and explain why. And I don't tell them which ones, they can pick which one, but they have to pick two of each. Um, 
because I'm trying to, you know, get them to think about, you know, the complexities associated with ethics. And it's really interesting because I've been teaching this now for several years and people choose different ones, right? They, they, there are, and they make great arguments and things that I hadn't thought of before. And think, so, so to me, that highlights some of the complexity because they come from a lot of different backgrounds, some work for government, some from industry. Um, so it, 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 to me, it's enlightening in terms of the challenges associated with developing ethical principles. And this is after they've been shown code to practice and things. So that's, but I don't have, I, I think it's a worthwhile discussion. I just don't think location privacy is primarily an ethical issue. I think it is primarily a legal issue. Once that's resolved, then there are ethical discussions that can be based on top of that. But for the, the, the concern that I have is the people who could be contributing and the organizations who could be contributing most to the discussion around the legal consequences of what's developing around location privacy are instead focusing on the ethical issues and are talking to themselves rather than engaging with lawmakers. There's a, there's a huge privacy community out there. This, this discussion is not taking place in a vacuum. I mean, there, there, there's, a, there's privacy laws, privacy professionals that are, you know, charging ahead. There are conferences, there are, you know, events, there's, pro and, and I, I, I just think that there's needs, I believe it would be good for the geospatial community to be actively engaged in that. It's a small community. There's a lot going on. And I just think, I just see some of the people who are focusing on the ethics. I think it would be better served for the community if they were engaging in different ways with, with the outside community. Why do you think on, 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 so on the location privacy, like, why is it more of a legal? Cause you mentioned like ethical is, is very hard to, to like, everybody has, like a lot of people have different um, points of view on like what is ethical and, and, and what isn't. Um, but in, in many ways, like laws are also um, like, they change from, from one area in the world to, to another. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure I completely understand um, why, like, what is, what is, what does the legal framework have that the ethical might be lacking? So I've seen several, I, I've read several ethical um, studies that have been done. And I see, you know, guidance that are given to people that are doing work in various parts of the world, NGOs or um, all, you know, various reasons, governments and things about, you know, what to think about from an ethical standpoint. I don't, and, and location privacy and the issue associated with that. I haven't seen many that says rule number one should be identify what the law is and comply with it, right? I mean, that, 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 if, if, if you don't start with that, if you don't say there's a, there's a legal component to this that you need to understand in terms of what we're doing and a national security component in many parts of the world as well, right? I mean, many parts of the world think geospace. If you don't start with that, I question whether ethically you are, you are doing your, your folks the, the best service because you're sending them out. And that's just one example, but that's, that's an example that I, that I see. And I, you know, I, I again, it's not, not work that I'm doing and maybe there, there's other things that they're giving to them, but I, that to me is sort of an example of the distinction. Um, a person can go to jail for violating location privacy or privacy in general or take their pictures where they shouldn't or tracking someone that they shouldn't. Um, they, they're not going to go to jail for ethical issues. They're not going to be fined for ethical issues. I was going to ask about that. Is it, is it a, an, an enforcement um, problem about like the, um, the law can, 
in most cases be enforced and there is a body that can enforce that law whereas the ethics is more like asking people not to do it but kind of not really being able to i mean i'm I'm playing devil's advocate here of course like there, there's a bit more to that but the legal aspect has something that's enforceable yeah i, I mean yeah i mean i, I just I, I there's two components to it. one is it the re- repercussions for not doing it can be severe and because there is an enforcement component to it um the other is we're at this time where you can the the geospatial community if it were to use its resources could be contributing to a very important debate there that time will be a lot more difficult once these laws are written and 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 so it's a lot harder to change a law than to than to write one right and or to and and, and so that that's that's the other reason why i I'm critical of the focus on the ethical issues around location privacy, because I, what I'm seeing is there's a lot of focus on that in organizations that are talk, talking ethics. Um, they're not, they're not, they're not bringing in the legal discussions as part of it, which I think is not, is, is, I disagree with, because I think it is an important component to it. And two, like I said, I think that if they really want to have an influence on this community and the technology and the applications, they should be directing their resources and to, to educating and contributing to the debate that's ongoing right now. Right. I, I think I'm starting to understand. Right. So the, the, like we should be helping making those, those law building those laws rather than kind of letting that happen. And then, um, living through the consequences of, of laws that are in place that would be a lot harder to, to change after the fact. And so focusing on, on, on helping lawmakers, educating lawmakers on, on what is possible, what isn't possible on, on that front. Did, did I get that right? Yeah. And what impact, you know, various definitions of location privacy or, or, or applying the fair information principles to, um, to location privacy, what, do, what impact does that have? Or what new technologies are coming down the road and why those should should or shouldn't be of concern. Do you do you have any idea like why why that isn't the case? Like that sounds like a very sound thing to to uh to, to push for. So do you have any ideas as to, to why in the geospatial community there's more focus towards the ethical aspect than the than the legal one? Um yeah, just curious. I find this community to be very inward looking in general. I can get behind that. Um, and, and, and so, and I think that's partly because that a lot of this technology came out of, you know, government, um, applications. A lot of it came out of the defense and intelligence community. And, and it's only now, you know, now being derived for a lot of, um, commercial applications. I mean, we're still in the early days of the, of really broad commercial use of, of location data and location technology. So I think there's that component to it. Um, you know, there's a, a couple of years ago, um, there was a, 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 a regulation that was issued by the department of commerce here in the United States <clears throat> that, um, put some export restrictions on a very narrow set of geospatial artificial intelligence. Um, and I was at a, at a geospatial conference like the week after, and no one knew it was coming. Like no one, no, everyone in, in there was surprised. And this was a geospatial business conference and people were scrambling, trying to figure out what it was and what it meant. Um, 
I I I think I I think that there is that it there's there's this sense that that's happening to others and not to us. This community has worked really hard to get into the mainstream, to get into commercial applications, to um, but the very things that make it so powerful are also the things that lawmakers, regulators, and others are are looking at. The same things that make it so valuable are the same things that why licensing and intellectual property rights and other things are are valuable. Um, you know, this community and, and I've had, you know, discussions with this around open data licensing and you know, the sense that we have a hard time using your data. We want to make, we want you to make it open. Well, there's a plethora of open data licenses out there. All have different terms. It's, and so even those are difficult to use. And, and, and then someone gets frustrated and wants to create another license or create another platform. And, so, and instead of sort of, you know, face the, facing the reality, I made my world anyways, that, that, you know, licensing of data is really, really hard. And understanding, and, and there aren't a whole lot of lawyers right now who understand that because the, uh, and I think you and I talked about this before, geospatial was big data before big data was cool. And so the issues that, that this community is facing are really on the cutting edge of, of many legal, um, legal things and legal uh, issues. And the, the legal community is, is playing catch up. The policy community is playing catch up. How do you think we solve that? Do you think it's a, a matter of like we've pushed as a as a community just a lot of the tech aspect and and not some of those other conversations around licensing about like we're talking here about a lot of legal things. So so seeing it through that lens, do you think it it is that focus too much? Because I, I see it again. I'm I'm pretty biased. I'm a technical person, so I see a lot of the technical aspect. Um, do you think it's because we, we, we haven't done a, a good enough job at, at like looking outside of just the technical aspect of the stuff that we're building and, and kind of shoving everything else to the side? And, and you know, how do we how do we get to a place where we we are thinking about all those things? Do you, do you have any ideas on that side? Yeah, I think certainly the technical, if you think of the three prong approach, right, technical, operational you know, the business side, then the legal side, right? If you look at those, if you use that three-pronged approach, I think the technical side is clearly way out in front, right, in the geospatial community. I think the business operational side is maturing and developing. Um, there are a lot of issues, you know, that are being, a, that are challenges for that. You know, how do you, how do you, um, you know, generate revenue? What's the return on your investment? How do you define what, what the return is, right? That those are still being worked out now. There's a lot of companies that are trying to do that and figure out where the technology fits into the stack. And I don't mean the technology stack, but the business revenue generating stack, right? And then there's the third, which is the legal and policy. And legal and policy always lags behind um, in 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 most instances, and it probably should, right? You don't. We wouldn't have had the internet if we were trying to figure out what all the legal issues were going to be. So I get that. Um, so I think it will happen. I think eventually, you know, you'll have a, a cadre of, um, businesses, you'll have an understanding within lawyers, like with other sectors, real estate, energy, where lawyers understand the technology, they understand the issues, they can sort of work through those and advise their clients in a way, or their, you know, represent their governments or do whatever in a way that is, that is, you know, maximizes the value. 
but we're not there yet. So one is one will be just a matter of time, right? I mean, that's that's one way. It'll just it'll just happen. Um, I think it would be good for some issues if the community more actively engaged it, um, around some of these topics, and that's part of what I've been trying to do with the work that I do. Um, I would say my success has been moderate at best. I mean, I, I think people people know who I am and and know what I talk about. They're probably sick of hearing me talk about it in many in many sectors. Um, but um, I, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure at a broader level. It's 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 widely accepted yet, and so I, I don't I don't know if the, if or when that'll that'll happen. Yeah, maybe this is. Uh, I I don't know if this is right, but I I feel like in in many ways you need like a big media story or something to to happen for people to kind of realize like oh this is what's possible with this we don't really want this to happen again and and that's where some of that aspect to come. Uh, I think one of the things we we had talked about in um, before we when we did a pre interview was was the impact of COVID. Um, and and I think if I recall correctly, you you, you thought that was a bit of a missed opportunity uh for a lot of the legal work so with things like contact tracing which is definitely a, a location uh centric applications like there was all of a sudden like very quickly we're talking in a few months like a huge surge of like is this a thing we should be doing or not like apple and google kind of jumping in being like we promise we won't do anything wrong with that um can we talk a little bit about that i'm very curious to know like how did you experience uh, this, these whole conversations of, of, of COVID and, and the data sharing? My sense was and still is that if there were, that if a country had a very robust legal and policy framework around location data from a privacy standpoint and maybe a liability standpoint and, and, and where it fit in and what you could and couldn't do, even if you and that you could, there's a broad spectrum of what that could look like, right? But, but if there was a, if there was certainty, then we, though that country would have done a better job of being able to track who had COVID, who they exposed to, where, when they were there, and we could have handled it better without maybe some of the economic problems that we, that we had. But because we didn't have that, Agencies were, and we've seen this in Canada, we saw it in the U.S., I assume in other countries as well, they were collecting data, but they didn't know what they could collect, they didn't know how they could use it, they didn't know how they could share it, publicize it. Um, there was just this uncertainty around that. And and that that was troubling to me because I've seen, I mean, one of the benefits that I've had in the work that I've done is I have been exposed you know, to briefings on all sorts of technologies industry, government, academia, NGOs, all the different applications, because the legal issues, in my mind anyways, are the same for all of them. Now, they may be of various importance, but so I've gotten involved in a lot of different groups around geospatial. I, I see what can be done. I see how smart, you know, your technical people are. I see how you're thinking. And it was frustrating to me, um, you know, how that, how that could have been better if there was a legal, if, if a country had a legal and policy framework that at least with that narrow set of information said, this is what you can collect. This is how you can use it. This is when you have to delete it. This is how you verify you delete it. And then you build trust into the system so that people feel comfortable doing that. We didn't have any barriers. And so we didn't really know how far we could go. Did... 
Is that right? Like, because we didn't really know what we could and couldn't do as in like, we could have done everything if we wanted to, but not really like people felt a little bit uncomfortable, like not knowing, should I use this thing or not? Is this going to track me where I don't want to? Because there's not that trust, I guess, in, in what is going to happen with that data. And you don't really know, like, I feel like a lot of us has felt burned by, oh, we promise we won't sell your data. And what do you know? There's a data breach or something, or you realize it happened. Yeah, no. And, and, and governments, I'm, I'm sure there were vendors that were going to government agencies and saying, you know, we can do this for you. And they were like, well, they'd go to their lawyers and they're like, well, the law is unclear on this. Can we do this under, you know, such and such? Who's going to have access to it? Can we hire a third party? What are they going to do with it afterwards? I mean, there was this, it, it, it was, there was this lot of this uncertainty associated with that. So there was uncertainty from government. There was uncertainty with the industry. And then, yes, with individuals, there was a reluctance to share. Now, part of that is just part of, at least here in the United States, just the lack of trust in general, right? I mean, no one trusts anyone and there's a big, and so, you know, whether it be shots or location or, you know, elections, right? I mean, there, this is, so there, there's, there's that aspect to it, but I, I do believe, and again, you know, um, this is the hat I'm wearing, that if there was a, if there was a, a location, um, understanding of the risks and rewards of location, how to collect it, how to use it, how to store it, delete it, everything else, that we could have had a more robust way to deal with COVID um, that would have not had the impact that it's had on so many lives, right? So many, not just the COVID themselves, but all the other aspects of it. Do you see like that happening like post-COVID or did we just kind of move on? Um, like hopefully n this never happens again, um, but, but- Well, I mean, it, it, it happens It happens every day, like the fires, right? The fires uh, that are happening in California and in Europe and elsewhere, you know, being able to track individuals of where they're going and warn them. Right, right, right. Okay. I mean, it, it's, it happens- it's still a lot of it. COVID is just one application, but a lot of the applications are the same. The issues are the same. Um, and I, I would say, no, I haven't seen that. There are, at least here in the U.S., and that's where principally I, you know, I, that's where I follow most closely because I practice here. But I do, I do follow other countries and developments. No, it hasn't really. It, it, it's more of a, you know, sort of one-off type, type thing that we, it, here in the U.S., they're reacting, Congress is reacting to different, um, different issues that are coming up that have location in them, but they're not thinking about it holistically and how to, how to address this. I, I haven't seen it. At the state level, there are states that are developing privacy laws, but they're based on, you know, laws that went into effect before COVID. They're not really changed in, in, in any way that suggests to me that they're trying to figure out ways to deal with these, with these issues. Uh, again, I don't, I don't know everything, but I, that, that's my... My experience. One of the things that I, I I try to push a lot on on this podcast is is trying to understand like incentives, and usually that goes through like where where is the money coming from and, and things like that. And I I try to understand that a little bit. I have to say I'm I'm I have no idea where to even start thinking about that on on the lawmaking side. Uh, like how does a a project of law like this get started? Like who? Maybe this is a very broad question, but like. How does, you know, let's say we were to, to, to have a movement to create a law like that, that would help create a framework for, for what we can and can't do with, with location data. Um, how does a law like this even get started? Like, let's stay in the U.S. because we're, we're talking about that. How does that start? 
it's it's already started. I guess that's my point. It's already it's it's already being done. People are talking about this at conferences. Congress is talking about this. They're drafting legislation. They're 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 the FTC is drafting regulations. It's issuing guy. It's happening, and that's why it's not it's not the geospatial community coming up and saying we need to have a law to do this. It's being done. It's it's how does it contribute to that in a in a in a way that that further supports the growth of the technology and the applications while also preventing some of the harms. And, and I, I think, you know, I do think that the people who are within the geospatial community, they recognize the harms yeah. as well, if not better than most, right? Now, they may have different, come down on it differently, but they, they see that on a daily basis. And so how do you, how, I don't think you have to come up with something. I think it's just participating in the, in the process. Right. I, I, I was just, saying like you you were saying like you weren't seeing those those laws around like again staying on the location privacy aspect about seeing what can and can do so i was i was wondering like if we were to get that so i so an example would be looking at a law that uh, or legislation that was being considered and saying listen if if this goes through we're concerned you can't do a b and c and i think if you can't do a b and c or if it's prohibitive to do a b and c then we're not going to be able to dress COVID the next time it comes up. So we would suggest changing this to X. We would suggest adding, allowing this to be done and putting it into law that you can do this and here's the way that you can do it. Um, so it's, it's, it's changing the narrative of the discussion, I think, around what's, what's being done. On, on a very practical level can you can you explain uh maybe a little bit like how does that process happen like who gets to have a say in in that because i'm guessing like the 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 legal um speech is is, you know notoriously complicated so how who gets to sit at the table uh, and say like you know this part we're not so sure because it is going to um, limit this aspect like on, on a very practical level how does that work so in the U.S., um, in the U.S., there's um, you could hire a lobbyist that would go in and talk to the staff of the congressional, and you would they would say it. Um, you would you could you could have trade associations that come together and come before Congress and say, you know, this is the benefit of our technology. Don't take away this. Um, so there's that aspect of it. Um, there you you know businesses that are in big um, communities can go to their congressman or their congresswoman and, you know, at a fundraiser or a dinner or whatever and say, hey, this is something I'm really interested in. Can I come and talk to you? Um, there are white papers that you can you can write. Um, there, There's no shortage of associations in the U.S. anyways that have a geospatial component to it. And they are talking about other other things. Um, they're just they're just not and 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 I this is a broad statement. I know there are some that are doing it. There are there are some who are claiming that they're doing it very well. I I don't I don't think that's necessarily the case. But that, I'm not here to it. But but it's just in general, it's it's not being done in a way that I see is contributing. Is so I'll look at a bill that comes that'll that uh, that'll propose legislation, propose law, and I'll look at the definition of location data. And I can generally tell by looking at that whether who who has 
who has concerns about it and how it's been tweaked based on how it was historically to where it is now and what they're trying to protect and who would try to protect that. Is that in the definition level of like how they define that? Or the definition of how they define it or what exceptions that they allow in terms of what, you know, you don't need. So here's a definition, but you don't need to get notice, give notice to an individual if you're collecting it for X or if you're going to use it for Y. So it's very technical. I'm not, I'm not saying it's, it's, not, it's, it's not technical. It's not the most exciting thing in the world. It's cooler to build applications and, and things, but it, it's, it's, it's the way it works. Now, you know, one of the things that I've done, spent a lot of time with, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the work that I've done, is I've done a lot of work with the UN um, and the UNGGIM, and there's a policy and legal working group there that is developing, you know, some some discussions and documents and resources around some of these issues because a lot of the countries aren't this far aren't as far along as as you know the United States and Europe and you know China and other countries you know regardless of where you are in the spectrum in terms of what they do or don't do they they have not they don't have as developing framework and so maybe these countries when using these resources and seeing what other countries have done right or wrong will be able to develop you know some frameworks that are more robust and can, can, you know, help. Um, and I, and I get it, right. I mean, I, I, again, I, I, I understand there are business reasons. There's lots of reasons why, um, you know, governments or industry or others may not want to engage in this and that's, that's fine. Um, but, but I just, I'm just sort of giving my, my perspective on things with after 30 years of practicing law and, and how things, how things work. I don't think this community um, is going to be any different. There's a, there's a lot to unpack, like on the on t- international side. Like I, I I'm I'm not from the U.S. Um, I've seen uh, like from my very limited law understanding. One of the interesting things I've seen with GDPR is that Europe is such a big market that it basically forced a lot of the world to kind of play by the same rules if they wanted to to stay in the game and and, and serve um, Europe. So. How does that work when, when, you know, all these laws are very localized, like be it in a country or, um, you know, a, whatever Europe is, the, the European Union, at least like a, a merger of different countries. Um, you were talking about the work you're doing at the UN, like, does that change a lot? Like when you're, when you're not talking about like one specific country, but then you're trying to apply a lot of those laws to, uh, a, a different area like it, it feels like my job is a lot easier in that case you know if, if we take a picture over europe or the united states or um indonesia it's it's still a set of pixels like that's one of the amazing things about having satellites up there is there's not really any borders but i feel like laws are very defined around around borders so what has been your experience working you know at the un and, and on that like trying to bring a lot of these things in different places I think all that the the policy and legal working group is trying to do in the work that I've done with the UN is simply educate in terms of the options and what the issues are, because you can't, you can't prescribe, um, you know, a set of principles or laws around any of these issues, you know, for a country that does civil law in Asia to a country that does common law in Africa. I mean, there's the different systems, different, different names, right? I mean, they've got different names for what they call things. So, it's not a matter of um, coming up with a, I don't think, a uniform document. It's, it's a matter of here are some resources, here are some of the issues to consider, go back to your countries, your lawyers, your policymakers, 
and figure out what you can do to support what it is you're trying to do, because they're very different stages and goals and objectives. And that's, you know, that, that's, that's the work that I'm, I'm trying to do. Right. So a lot of, uh, a lot of education and like empowering those people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just, and, and, and making them aware that those issues are out there and they're probably gonna, they're impacting you too, even if you don't, you don't realize. Yeah. That kind of leads to, I'd, I'd love to talk a little bit about the, the work that you're doing, um, like, cause you're, you're a professor, I think at John Hopkins, if, if I understood correctly, uh, on, on geospatial law and ethics, um, how do you teach that? Uh, again, like I'm a very technical person. This may be a, uh, a quite, um, candid question, but like you, you were talking about some of the, the four examples of, of, uh, ethical, um, problems that you give your, your students, but like, what are some of the, what does it look like to teach, um, law and ethics and, and in particular on the geospatial aspect? Huh. I, I, uh, I am trying to take, because the students in this court are not lawyers, of course, and are not lawyers, right? They're, tech, they're technical people. But I'm trying to use um, cases, laws, um, articles, uh, law journal articles, other documentation integrated with what's going on in the current environment, so with stories about location privacy like the New York Times did, or a case regarding, um, you know, people using some sort of sat-nav device and getting lost in the, in the woods and use that around data quality and liability issues. Who should be responsible and, and how, do you, how do you think about that in comparison when, and this is a U.S. law, so under U.S. law, here's what constitutes negligence, here's what constitutes, um, you know, liability. How do you allocate that risk through contract, through law? Who should be responsible for what? Um, is the driver responsible? So that you're on location. Um, working on selling, if you're selling geospatial products and data to the U.S. government, which is a big customer, what are the rules that you need to consider to do that? You know, with a, the federal acquisition reg or export laws. If you're a foreign company coming to the United States, what do you need to think about? So I just try to take you know, practical applications that I see in the work that I've done and put it into a teaching environment so that someone who is becoming, going to work, whether for industry or government, will have a better understanding what their lawyers are going through. They don't have to solve the answers, but at least they they see what they can issue spot as we call it in the, in the legal world. And then, and then, yeah, then talk about, you know, go to their person and say, Do, are we worried about this from a legal standpoint, from an ethical standpoint, is there a law that covers this that we need to, we need to think about, and, and I, 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 you know, again, people probably heard me say this more times than they want. I, I, I'm a big. Um, I don't like to talk to lawyers more than than you know anyone else, right? I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, but I also think that if if you want to get your lawyer to to yes, I encourage you to take him or her to lunch and tell them what you're doing and 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 what your concerns are and get the sense and educate them on what you're doing because. Just given the nature of the work and, and who we are and what we, what we do, we're probably not going to be reaching out to you. Most of us won't be reaching out to you to ask you, you know, what it is. You're going you're gonna to have to educate them and get them to think about these issues and help you work through it as the issues become more complicated and the money gets more bigger, right? You start adding zeros, you know, all of a sudden, you know, people, your CFO cares, your um, you know, your accountant cares, all these things happen. So 
having that dialogue, I think, is important. And this is hopefully giving students a tool to be able to, to do that. So we talk about the difference between laws, policies, and ethics, um, and, and what that, what that means, um, cause there are, they are different. We talk about, um, contracts and how, wh wh what those look like. We talk about data quality and liability issues around geospatial. We talk about licensing and intellectual property rights cause the intellectual property rights around data are different than like software, copyright and things like that. Um, we talk about export control issues. We talk about national security issues more broadly. Um, we talk about, um, transnational issues. Some of the issues like a lot of these issues become more complex when you start having three or four different legal systems involved. And, you know, the, the geospatial communities is as international as any other community I know, except perhaps maybe the space community itself. Right. I mean, the, people think nothing of going off to a conference halfway around the world on a regular basis. And, 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 and that's because of the work, the nature of the work. You, you need to, to do that. And so that raises, I can do things here that I couldn't do when I'm, you know, where you are, right? I mean, that just, I can send you the data. The data is going seamlessly through the, through the web, but I, I, I can't, you can't do some of the things that I can do. And being aware of that, just being aware of that, right? Asking the questions, I think is, is going to be important and not just assume that that's going to happen. And that goes back to what we talked about before when we we're talking about ethical issues around data sharing or collecting data or privacy. And I'm like, but, but understand that the law is different and you need to, you need to be mindful of that as well. Right. And assessors really empowering people who are then going to be technical to, to be aware that this is a thing that exists. And, uh, I, I, I like thinking about these things as, as like being able to know what questions to ask and, and who to go ask rather than, than really knowing the thing, like knowing this is a question that you're going to have to ask at some point. Yeah. I just, just, just having those tools, I think will be important and hopefully we'll make them better. will serve them well in their careers, whatever that is. Yeah. I, I kind of wish I had something like that. Cause again, like I feel like I, I, I hear a lot of the technical aspect and to be very fair, sometimes it's, it's super daunting to, to, to go read some legal um, paper and you're like, I, I have no idea what, is being talked about here like one of the things I, I i i on on my aspect i hear a lot about is is uh the licensing of data and of of code as well like there's been talks on 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 the code aspect there's a lot of things that are happening where <clears throat> there's something called github copilot which um is owned by microsoft who owns github this massive code repository and they basically scrape the whole thing made an AI that then recommends you how to write code. But a lot of people are like, hey, wait, my my code is open source, but you need to um, you need to mention it or accreditate when you're using it. But now it's used in a different way. And I can imagine that raises a whole bunch of other uh, legal aspect that a lot of us are just interested in the cool tech and, and don't even know. Uh, like, is that even a legal aspect or not? And I'm sure like data is going to be the same thing. So... Yeah, I, I kind of wish there was more of that talk. Like, if there's anybody who wants to spin up some some um, lawmaking, uh, taking that and making it more approachable to people like me who know nothing about, I would I would love that very much to make it more digestible. Well, I think um, I think the Johns Hopkins program it's a virtual one, and I think you can you could certainly sign up for that. And there are other ones as well. So I would recommend 
you know, I would recommend something like that. And as I, as I mentioned to you, I, I, ha I am in the process of trying to put together kind of a textbook on this issue as well. And so if I could, you know, if I can get that done, it's, it's, it, that would be hopefully another resource that people could use. But I, I do, I, you know, in general, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's going to be more important for people in this community to be able to deal with these issues and, and, I, you know, we're not, you're not going to solve them all. Right. But it, but at least know what they are and who you can go to, to address them, or at least assess the risk associated with one versus the other. Uh, and this is happening in, across all sorts of different technologies. It's not just the, the geospatial. I just think there are some unique aspects of geospatial that make it particularly challenging. And one of it is because of all the different domains that it's being used in. And so even that is an aspect because, you know, you, you can, you know, we mentioned, I can do something here that you can't do there, but, you know, if you're a, so, so the work I do around, you know, geospatial or international and around legal policy frameworks around geospatial information management, there's a whole separate domain that is being developed around um, space, geospatial, um, space legal policy frameworks, right? And there are different actors, different agencies within governments. They're talking to different agencies, but, but the, you know, a lot of the space right now is still out there earth observation. And, and so the, you've got the platform and all those issues around the space, but how do they align with the data? Who's, who's responsible for what, who's paying for what, right? And all of those things are, you know, there's a legal component to it. There's a technical component. There's a business operational component. But that's that's happening right now as we speak, and there aren't many people who are connecting those those two layers to make sure that Earth observation data is going to have the value that everyone in this community knows that it can have. Yeah, and I I, I have a you were talking about like tech being like way ahead of that, and then the the, the business operations being a little bit behind. I feel like the the sense that I'm seeing is that like it, it starts really becoming real once we know how to make money out of all of this because then it's just otherwise it's just a cool tech demo and so that's where you know you were talking about when we start aligning the zeros that's where some of those questions get raised so I feel like that that aspect of like we need more people who actually can make money out of all of this and, and the legal framework will will follow behind that at least I I hope so no, I, I, it, it will have to, right? It'll, it's just whether it's going to, how messy it's going to be, frankly. Is it going to, is it going to be because there's lawsuits and people are suing each other and the law's done that way? Or is it going to be because, you know, a legal policy framework evolves that is, you know, there's always going to be edge cases. There's always going to be issues and questions, but at least supports what most people in the community think is, is of value. And it's a diverse, broad community. So that's not an easy thing. I acknowledge that, but that's, that's that I think is going to be a defining issue for a lot of countries. Yeah, and again, we've we've talked, we've we've touched nearly exclusively only on the U.S. aspect. Uh, the, the, there's like many ramifications. I'm French. I, I I try my best to follow what's happening in in France and in Europe on on that aspect, and just the language barrier where a lot of people aren't even aware of what's going on in the U.S. or or um, or in France, in this case, and a lot of these things are are changing. Like a lot of the conversations around COVID, to go back to that, and COVID tracking were were very interesting because they were in in many ways similar, but in 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 some other aspects, in like the practice, uh, in in practice, in like what was done was quite different. Um, so I I can only imagine that's also a, a a giant nightmare to try to unpack. It's a it's it it's a difficult 
it's difficult to do. And, and I, and again, until there are more businesses that are you know, making, um, making the money and, and, you know, can, can allocate the resources that where that gets to be important. I don't think that's going to take, um, yeah, so I, it's, it's, it's going to happen. I, I just, I, I think it's, it, I, I just hope it happens sooner because like I said, I, I, I know the value of these applications. I know what it can do. I also know some of the risks, um, both from a privacy standpoint, but also from a, um, you know, liability standpoint and from a national security standpoint. And so there does need to be a, a balance. And I think everyone agrees with that. It's just where you draw the line and how you, how you define it and things that it's going to be the, the real crux of it. Yeah. Again, I appreciate you, you, you taking some time to explain that. I think it's, it's a, it's a nice point to start wrapping it up uh, to just like how I, I like starting these conversations with the, with the same question. I like uh, ending it, asking people if they have a book or, or podcast uh, recommendations um, so it, it doesn't have to be about anything that we talked about. Just if you read something thought that would be worth sharing. Um, so the reason I asked that is because books and, and podcasts are actually notoriously hard to, to hear about. Um, and a lot of it goes through word of mouth. I, I discover a lot of books and podcasts by people recommending them to me. So I like asking, uh, the guest on the podcast, if they has anything they've read or listened to recently, that's worth sharing. There's one on, um, the space business podcast mm -hmm. that I listen to. Um, I find that, that interesting um, and, and informative. And, the, and again, that's a lot of that's around, there's a technology component, but also the business component and what, and where that's going. And then thinking through what the legal, the legal issues are for me is a, is a really interesting, um, you know, podcast for me to, to plug in every now and then. I'm older than you. So podcasts aren't a big part of my, my life. My son, my son, you know, will frequently recommend podcasts to me and, and I, you know, mine are more listening to the financial times morning, morning thing each day rather than, than, than a, you know, a regular podcast. Um, and as for books, I've really struggled recently and I don't know if it's because of COVID or otherwise to, to get into a book, but there's a trilogy and the author, I can't, I can't remember his name. I'm going to Barcelona here in September. There's a trilogy on, on Barcelona from a, a Spanish um, author that I really, that I really like. Um, and so I'm rereading those before I go, but I, I, his name escapes me right now. Um, so that's, that's it. It's, I, I'm, I don't tend to read much. I should read more in sort of the nonfiction world, but I read so much during the day. Um, I try to find things that are serious, but not, but not, um, not nonfiction. Well, if you do find the name of that again, like let me know, and and I usually put those in the show notes so people can can more easily find them. Uh, but even after the recording, Maxim from the future here. At this point in the conversation, we actually had a bit of a technical problem, so we're gonna end the episode here. But Kevin did reach out, and the author that he was just talking about right now that he wanted to mention is Carlos Rizafon, which I'm probably completely butchering, by the way. Uh, you can find the name in the description or in the show notes. I hope you found this conversation interesting and insightful. My goal with these conversations is to bring people forward who have an interesting perspective and who also are a lot more knowledgeable than I am on specific points, in this case, law and ethics, and to be able to ask what I think are pretty candid questions to try to help me and hopefully you understand these things a little bit better. My goal isn't really to agree with the people that I'm talking about. I'm not really interested in that. What I'm interested in is hearing other people 
where what their perspectives are, where they're coming from, and just trying to understand their point of view a little bit better. And I hope this conversation does that for you as well. If you found this conversation valuable, I'd like to ask if you could consider reviewing this podcast, either on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, if you're listening to the podcast. You can also head to mindsbehindmaps.com. There's a section to leave a review there. The reason I ask that is because it lets other people know that this show is worth listening to, but it also helps me make a better case when I want to reach out to specific guests. I can point to that and be, look, some people find these conversations really interesting. This is worth your time. If you're on YouTube, I'd appreciate if you could also let me know what you think about these conversations, what you found useful about them, and maybe what I can improve about it. Either way, thank you very much for listening. I hope to catch you next time. Cheers. 